You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It is a late week show here in the third week of May of 2018. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. There was too much news in the world of wrestling not to do a show this week, so we managed to fit one into our schedules. Liam, you're playing hurt, but uh, you're here, and uh, are you? would you say you're all in? Well, I guess uh, I, I had no choice between... Uh... Between the aforementioned all-in, between new potential new TV deals in WWE, between Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax, there's there's too much noise not to be in right now, right? I suppose Best of Super so. Junior's coming up. Yeah, yeah, yep. There's so much going on. Let's start. So with... much to talk about, <laughs> and so much we can't talk about. All in. They sold it out. They sold the thing out in less than an hour. Uh, somewhere around a half hour. I saw varying reports of 50 minutes, 32 minutes, 53 minutes, something like that. Less than an hour. They sold out the Sears Center in suburban Chicago for a eh, independent event, question mark. It's <laughs> more of like this super indie show with New Japan talent, Ring of Honor talent, and the most over wrestlers that ha- that are not working for WWE uh, on the planet. The all-in show sold out. Are you surprised that the show sold out as quickly as it did without, say, Daniel Bryan or CM Punk on the card? Um, a little bit. Uh, I mean, I think the quickness is is a uh, is a surprise. I think uh, you know people were saying they're there were less scalper tickets apparently purchased than expected. Meaning that, you know, more real people got their hands on seats and who knows how verifiable that is. But, um, you know, assuming that's somewhat true, at least. Yeah, this was, this was a hot ticket. As you mentioned, it has everybody from, you know, Cody and Kenny Omega and young bucks and Okada and, uh, you know, Stephen Amell and, you know, all these, all these people on it. So they are, they, but they did it and they did it in less than an hour. So, I mean, it's absolutely a, you know, a time for a victory lap for those guys. Right. Absolutely. And it raises a lot of questions. They're going to be the first um, North American company since like 2001 to draw more than 10,000 people to an event. They're going to be the first American company since WCW in 1999, the 1999 Bash at the Beach, to <laughs> to draw more than 10,000 people to a show here in the United States. So, yeah, I don't really know what to do or what value we can add to the discussion other than good for those guys. And do you think this is going to be a quarterly thing, a biannual thing, an annual thing? Uh, do you think WWE is going to take notice and make a strong effort to squash this somehow. <laughs> um, what do you kind of think the, the big, the, you know, the uh, evil empire, so to speak, what do you think their reaction to all this is going to be? Well, I'm sure they're not happy as we've seen with uh, the way they're throwing out contracts 
distracts the UK guys right now with the, with the world of sports thing kicking back up. They do not want anybody getting anything resembling momentum or, you know, big time press or, or anything. They are, as you have so eloquently put it in the past, they are Walmart in professional wrestling. They are not, they, you know, they are not here to work with the ma and pa shops. They are here to destroy them. They're here to be the only game in town at the end of this all. So I'm sure they're not happy. I don't know what they can really do as a one-time show. Obviously they don't really need to worry if yes, if they, if they try to do a, you know, all in two in uh, LA or New York or, you know, wherever else, Austin, San Antonio, wherever, um, you know, somewhere down the line and, and start trying to do a few a year. Yeah. Maybe WWE, I could see, but uh, yeah, trying, but aside from trying to get Cody or the young bucks or Kenny Omega to sign with them, because this isn't a particularly ring of honor event officially or a new Japan event, there's not an obvious thing they can go after other than to just try to sign up a whole crap ton of indie talent. And, you know, I don't know if those guys, I mean, and basically offer them enough money to where they're making more or could potentially make more than they're currently making on their ROH or New Japan deals, right? Yeah, I think that's correct. And I don't see those guys doing it. Uh, I don't see them going anytime soon, especially if they can promote something on their own. And with all the merch that they move, I'm not saying that guys, you know, just to throw a name out at the flip Gordon level, or maybe that's not a great one. The hangman page level or somebody like that will never go. But sure. if you're the bucks and you're Cody, you'd be dumb to go. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, you know, unless, unless you're at the point where you're, well, I don't even think it matters anymore. If, you know, I was going to say kind of the impression I'd always had with the bucks was that, they were going to do the Indies and New Japan and Ring of Honor until their bodies gave out, and then they would go to WWE. Now, it doesn't matter if their bodies give out because they'll draw forever. Yeah. Uh, as long as, you know, I think they've shown the power of social media. You know, WWE likes to go on these investors' calls and brag about their social media numbers every quarter. But WWE hasn't found a way to turn all of those followers into dollars and these guys did so good on them. Yeah, absolutely. That's off to them. Speaking of dollars, very big news this week on the WWE TV deal. The Hollywood reporter did a story on Wednesday of this week talking about how it's believed in the industry to be uh, that USA NBC universal is making hang on <laughs> speaking of dollars big news this week as the hollywood reporter did a story on wednesday talking about how nbc universal is going to make a strong play to keep raw on the usa network but that they were prepared to let Smack WWE shop SmackDown around because they're going to pay a giant rights fee increase to keep Raw. And it was in the Wrestling Observer this week that the impetus for this was kind of twofold. One being 
the ESPN UFC deal last week that put the value of a UFC live event at about $10 million a pop. And WWE does much better ratings than UFC does on television. Mm -hmm. Uh, But with the ad rate difference, uh, it's not exactly apples to apples, but still that established the value of a live uh, semi-sporting event in this, you know, realm. Uh, And the other impetus being that there were some moves made internally at Fox believed to be kind of clearing the way for Raw to air on Monday nights on Fox. So we've talked about on the show before about how, you know, it looked like Fox wanted to get in bed with WWE and NBC Universal was scared at that. And it looks like they're prepared to make a giant, uh, giant offer to keep raw at perhaps triple the price that they that they're paying and we're talking about multiples of hundreds of millions of dollars wwe um could could increase their their bottom line by which is just insane to me. <laughs> but, but smackdown's going to be shopped and i guess fox sports one seems like the uh the most logical home for that now um i don't think smackdown is as good a fit on network television as raw would be. But with this news, WWE hit their record high on Thursday uh, with their stock price. It hit around $51 ended up at about $50 at the close of trading on Thursday. I mean, I remember when we were doing this show, we started doing this show four years ago now, Um, four years ago. Yeah. Oh my Lord. But, you know, there were times when we we're doing the show and that stock price was like $12. So, yeah, if you're a stockholder, big week for you. Uh, what do you make of all of this? I mean, it, it seems like WWE's kind of gotten the best of of what they wanted, right? They they leveraged that Fox, the potential of a Fox offer. Uh, and God knows what that actual, you know, what the actual money, the monetary offer they would have gotten was. I'm sure it would have been a giant offer from Fox as well. But I also, I mean, people were talking about Fox potentially lowballing them and using the fact that they would be on network television as a as an incentive for them to to take less money than they would get from from uh, NBC to to stay on USA. And instead, it appears they've got a giant money offer, ridiculous money, as you mentioned, to keep Raw where it is, keep it three hours to. Uh, much to everybody you know who actually watches the show chagrin, but uh, you know keep it three hours, keep it on Mondays on USA, and now still have the option of shipping uh, or shopping SmackDown around, and yeah, you could still end up on you know obviously it wouldn't be the money deal you would get from Fox if you moved, you know say moved Raw to Fox and put SmackDown on FS1 or something, but you're still gonna you can still get a lot of money out of you know, airing a SmackDown on Tuesday nights or Friday nights, wherever they want to put it. Uh, you can try to maybe go to, you know, to the, the revamp Spike TV. They might want it as a, as a lead-in for Bellator pro- programming. Uh, you know, there's a lot of opportunities now that they can probably, there's probably two or three suitors out there. Uh, uh, SmackDown looks a lot more, ab- uh, I think, appetizing now to those types of networks than they did the last times the right fees came up where WWE didn't really, where they kind of tried to shop it around and really Spike didn't even want it at that point. So uh, 
that was uh so that's it's just it's a completely uh it feels it feels completely different than last time their uh tv deal was coming up and it's everything's come up for wwe positively they're they're gonna make ridiculous stupid nauseating amounts of money uh just with this raw deal alone and probably get a nice little sweet deal for smackdown on the side yeah and there's the ramifications of this are just widespread i mean as you mentioned you know, they're going to make stupid money off of this. The other benefit, another benefit to this deal is that they're also kind of diversifying their portfolio. And we've talked before about how dangerous it was to WWE's bottom line and their future to, to be only, excuse me, to only have uh, NBC Universal and their TV money keeping them afloat. And suddenly, if you go and now you have Fox, it's like, okay, well, now you have two TV partners and you have, you know, you've diversified your your revenue streams. And not only that, but it, and I saw a reader bring this up on Twitter to Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer. Another benefit here is that you are killing the possibility that Fox or NBC Universal would then start up their own a startup wrestling company, taking the the money that they would have paid WWE and trying to get into business themselves. Uh, you've killed another. Yeah. You've killed another potential. Um, you know, another potential startup. So it's the it's the globalization. It's the capitalism taken to its most logical conclusion. I, I never remember it being this rampant at, at any point in my life before, but Google wants to sell you everything from groceries to cars. Amazon wants to sell you everything from groceries to cars, uh, you know, uh, Walmart. And now WWE is that in pro wrestling. They want to sell you British wrestling. They want to sell you every international, you know, flavor and brand of wrestling they can. They just want to throw content at you. And they want to flood the market. They want to saturate the market. And that's what, the, that's what they're doing. And yeah, it's, uh, it's the, it's the, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We got, uh, just the Hollywood reporter and the observer story so far. We don't have, uh, you know, complete confirmation of this, but, uh, or a, you know, Pen to paper, not there yet, but I think you got to give Ari Emanuel credit too. He negotiated that ESPN TV deal with UFC, and he's also handling these negotiations for WWE. And uh, old Ari Gold uh, looks like he uh, pulled another one out. Uh, I had another point about um, Raw that I can't remember. Oh, the other part here, <laughs> the yet another yet another so, point. Yeah, if you're talking. Hello. Sorry, you cut out. You cut out for a second. Uh, I just wanted right. to. I just wanted. I just wanted to say that an, another point here is that now the key revenue stream for WWE. I mean, it's already television, but the the TV money is going to dwarf the network money. Which, oh yeah. Which means that the TV shows are more important than the pay per views, which upsets the apple cart in terms of everything we've been taught and every. You know, every, the way we think about the TV shows being a commercial for the pay-per-views, and obviously you don't want to throw away 
the, you know, hundred and some million dollars you make every year from the network, but now potentially three or four times that is going to go to TV. So it almost should be the other way around in that the network should be like an added value thing. And you should put, you should put your, your pay-per-view caliber matches on raw. Probably. It kind of feels like, and I don't know if they would want to do this. If you know, Obviously you need content, you need live shows for the network. So I'm sure they're, uh, you know, it was pointed out that, you know, if they, if they didn't add any expenses, I mean, they could basically do the same shows they're doing now. And with this new t- TV deal, be making, you know, so much more money. So without, without changing much, they can kind of, you know, keep going, but you're right in the sense that with that, they could do away with some of the, I guess, some of the B shows if they wanted to, and, and really focus on, you know, still focus on the manias and the, the summer slams and the, you know, the big time shows that are going to do these crazy, do these, you know, hopefully we'll do some, some big time viewership on the network and, and might even still do okay on traditional pay-per-view. But yeah, as far as these these sort of B and C tier shows that we're getting now, uh, you know, the backlashes of the world, the battlegrounds and stuff like that. Yeah, those shows are uh, seemingly going to be less important than they already were. And, and you could lighten up the schedule too, which is I don't know. The ramifications of this could be far reaching, but I'm not sure did they, how much of that you know. Two or extra two or three hundred million dollars a year that WWE's going to make is going to go to the talent, but it never seems to work that way. It, it really doesn't in these, in these situations. No, not we still got Amazon warehouse workers making like twelve dollars an hour and peeing in Gatorade bottles because they're afraid to they'll lose their job if they take a bathroom break. You know? Yeah. But you could potentially lighten up the schedule some too. Yeah, you could have a more rotating schedule. Obviously, we've seen certain guys. Uh, Orton, obviously, AJ Styles, to an extent, has worked a few less house shows. You could definitely lighten the load for for certain guys, or guys could have more uh, scheduled time off. It wouldn't, as much as it already kind of doesn't feel like a big deal, as much as when the, the when the shows come to town, it's you know WWE is coming to town. It's not you know, Roman Reigns is coming to town or AJ Styles is coming to town. Um, you could kind of, you know, even more so get away with, with the kind of with that kind of stuff of sort of doing light shows and and giving, you know, one or two of your stars off, you know, every weekend or giving them a month off a TV a year or something like that. That's that's a possibility. Um, you know, whether or not it would come to that I don't know, but uh, considering the schedule those guys have been on for the last month or so, uh, I'm sure they would. They would. I'm sure there's a lot of them that would be interested in uh, maybe a couple extra weeks off a year. And I'm sure that a lot of this depends on what your TV partners want. But another idea is you could make SmackDown. You could end the brand split. Make SmackDown your you know your traditional television show and basically do what we would think of as a pay-per-view every week on raw you know what i mean like that's if it were if i were running the thing that's probably what i would do you get the added value to smackdown you don't want to make that show seem less than but that could be kind of like your weekly tv and yeah you i don't think you'd be doing strictly an eight match uh pay-per-view every monday or that caliber card but i think maybe the way to do this is kind of to make 
and the brand split make SmackDown the uh, the commercial for Raw and make Raw pay-per-view quality every week. That's, I mean, that's certainly an idea. And you make, you know, right, as you said, it's not going to necessarily be an entire card every week, but, you know, two or three big-time matches every week that you build to on the SmackDown the week prior. That's not, uh, you know, it's not the end of the world. Or, you know, you can announce a match for the Raw at the end of the month, and then you build it up over, you know, over a couple of weeks of SmackDown. It doesn't all have to be, you know, six days apart or whatever. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of options with that. Um, and obviously we're going to have to wait and see and, and see what happens when, when Penn gets put to paper. But, yeah, it's a, it's a really good time to, uh, to be WWE and, I guess, to be one of their stockholders. Speaking of, we're not, we are not going to have to wait to see Ronda Rousey as uh, the WWE Raw Women's Champion. She's wrestling Nia Jax at Money in the Bank, kind of out of nowhere. They announced it at the NBC Universal upfronts this week. Uh, Nia Jax awkwardly challenged Ronda Rousey. <laughs> when I when I heard this news, I thought, well. You may as well just go ahead and do the damn thing. You know what I mean? None of this matters anymore. You may you're gonna get there sooner than later. You may as well just go ahead and get there and get as much value out of having Ronda Rousey on your show as you can. And if she's carrying around a championship with the WWE logo on it everywhere she goes, that's probably worth some worth something. But I don't I don't know. Ronda Rousey, who has now had two professional wrestling matches in her career against Nia Jax <laughs> on pay-per-view in uh, in front of a hostile crowd in Chicago could be something. What do you think about Ronda and Nia for the title coming up in about a month's time at Money in the Bank? Well, here's what I think. Nia Jax has been on television for uh, over a year now, right? Like well over a year, well, probably almost two. Yeah, I think it's been about it's been close to two years, I think. She came up at, right at the start of the brand split, right? Yes. Okay. So she's not getting better, all right? So, Ronda will, probably, but the match, whatever <laughs> match they're going to have is probably going to be pretty much the same now as if if they do it at Ever Series. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whatever it's going to be, however much they can smoke and mirrors this, no matter how much they can practice it and choreograph it. And I'm sure they're going to put every, you know, every agent, P.S. Hayes is all over this. Um, Whoever, you know, whoever, I'm sure they're going to be working, you know, very hard to make sure this is great and epic and that fans don't turn on it. Um, You know, no crowd is turned on Ronda right now. They like Ronda right now. Obviously, yes, Chicago is a little bit of a different animal, but um, I I don't. I think whatever it's going to be, I kind of am with you when you say you might as well just do it now. Ronda still feels like a big deal right now, and the longer she feuds with people like Nia Jax and Natalia, the less special I think she's going to feel on this show. So it's probably the best to just have her win the title now. Now, if they do something screwy and Nia ends up winning. Uh, I'll. I would say it's probably not worth it if they if they beat Ronda in her second ever televised match. But um, if 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 you're if you, is your instincts here that she's going to win the title? 
Well, an idea an idea that I read this week was that this is going to kickstart the Ronda as Stone Cold and Stephanie as Vince um, story, and then they could turn Nia, and they could have <laughs> Stephanie cost. Uh, Ronda the match somehow Naya would be her emissary uh, even though we've seen I feel like we've seen Naya lose more than we've seen her win on television up until the last three months or so uh, but suddenly uh, Naya would be a world beater um, and she would be Stephanie's hired gun to take out uh, Ronda what do you think of that ideal uh, I mean I don't I don't hate it if 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 Steph's gonna sell for for Rhonda the way Vince sold for Austin, great. Um, that's never really been the case with Stephanie on TV, but um, we'll uh, we'll have to see about that. But I don't hate the idea of Nia as a as a bodyguard or as a you know chosen warrior. I don't think that's the worst uh, direction for her. Um, yeah, I don't know. I. I yeah I have no I have no real feeling for for how this is gonna go. Um, I I kind of like the idea of Stephanie cutting a real heel promo in front of that Chicago crowd. I feel like that could get good heat, um, and the right kind of heat, the kind of heat that we don't see in wrestling too much anymore. You know what I mean? If they if they could recreate something where like there's there's the pretty famous one where Austin ended up handcuffed to the bottom of the ring and Vince is just in his face shouting at him like grabbing him by the face like if they could recreate that with with Stephanie and Ronda yeah I think that would be that could work um I have a little and I do have a little more face face based on how Wrestlemania and everything went that they're not gonna treat Ronda the way they treat most other people when it comes to people doing uh storylines with Stephanie McMahon it's not gonna be the you know the Brie Bella thing where she just loses clean and and <laughs> and we uh, we move on. Um, well, she's already sold way more than she does for Ronda than she does for anybody. And right, so I mean they're they're definitely, I think, still on their best behavior with Ronda at this point. So I'm yeah I'm all for it. It's like because that's what everyone always I think people we always say it. Like a lot of people always say is it, like it's like when Hunter and Stephanie do that sort of coward sell job or they're back off or they're up there shaking their fists at the good guys. They're very good at it. And there's nothing wrong with them getting heat on the good guys. Of course they have to, uh, you know, a few times, uh, you know, in the course of a month or whatever, it's just, it was, you know, that, that authority storyline, it was every week for two years. So if it's not like that, if it's more akin to something like Austin and Vince, then yeah, I'm I'm kind of all for that, uh, and and Stephanie is a great foil for Ronda, and she's as you mentioned someone that gets like real legitimate good heat, uh, you know, for her angles. So yeah, I'm kind of all for that uh, in the way that you've laid it out. The only question for me going forward then is, what do you do with Ronda as a character when she's one that once she's already reached the apex you know what i mean once she's already become the champion they were almost kind of lucky with steve austin in that they were hot shot hot shotting titles so much back then 
And also, Steve Austin, his, you know, his prime was three years. And one of those years, he was out hurt. Like, (laughs) they didn't necessarily, and Steve was smart enough to not want to be in more than two segments on Raw and didn't want to be on SmackDown every week and was good about not overexposing himself as good as you could be, given that, you know, Vince Russo was running the show in 1998. Um, But where do you go with Ronda as a character if she starts out, you know, as the champion? You you really better be confident in your creative that you can keep this thing fresh, especially when it's going to be the same. I mean, dude, I, I don't... You know, I love women's wrestling. I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to see Ron. I don't want to see Ron wrestle the same four girls all the time. Well, that's therein lies the issue with any woman having the belt for any length of time, is because there's four women in the division. So once, you know, you can turn everybody and eventually have them go against Ronda, or you can even you know you can do a couple babyface matches with with Bailey or whoever, but. It's like once you're you you right you run through five or six women that's it, and then you just have to run through them again. We saw that with Alexa's reign last year. I mean, how many times did she beat Sasha or Bailey or Mickey James or whoever else? Oh wait, that's it. Um, <laughs> when she beat Mickey with a punch. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that at the raw you were at? Yeah, I paid a lot of money. <laughs> I paid a lot of money. I put on my uh, I put on my boss glasses and my boss hand rings and my boss T-shirt and I went and sat in the crowd in expensive seats at Raw and uh, the boss was on stage for about thirty seconds and didn't wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, that was funny. Uh, so that's that is definitely going to be a problem no matter what. Uh, whether she's whether she's chasing in the in the Steph scenario or as the you know as the the champion the world beater, and it is true to an extent that uh, you know you used the company used to be built around the hero much more than the villain, but as you mentioned, there's only four people in this division, so unless you're going to start, I mean they have another May Young Classic plan unless they're just going to hire a ton of people ton of women specifically and bring them all up and I don't know, bring in women's tag team titles. So a bunch of them have stuff to do. And then you build up challengers for Ronda that way. Yeah. You're going to run into the same problems you run into with every woman's champion, which is eventually you have to beat her within, you know, five or six months because you're out of people. You know, particularly if they're going to be making fistfuls of cash from this new, from this new television deal, they really need to go back to <laughs> um, an '80s mindset when it comes to booking their top people. I mean, obviously, if you're going to pay all pay all this money, like, I mean, if these networks are going to pay all this money, they want the top stars on the show every week. But Hogan wrestled on TV six times a year, and you didn't get tired of him. <laughs> um, yeah, and he was on. You know, he would cut promos on the shows, but as far as wrestling. You know, I don't know. Another way to get around this would be end the brand split. Um, make your undercard mean something and do storyline stuff with, you know, your top programs every week. But you don't necessarily have to do all of those matches that they do. 
I don't know. Anyway. Oh, speaking of WWE TV, can you answer for me if you're Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, how you still have the self-respect to go to work every week? <laughs> I just um, I just don't know what the hell they're doing with those guys. It's just like if you didn't know better and God only knows they might still be burying them for something that may or may not have happened on TV or at a TV six months ago, but they just bury and bury and bury and bury those guys every week. I would, unless you told me there, you know, I was assured there's a light at the end of a tunnel. I would quit work, sit out my, my 90 day, no, no compete and go work uh, all in. Uh, well, Kevin Owens allegedly just signed a new five-year deal. So I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, Sammy, uh, seems to be at odds with the company a little more often politically. Sammy uh, Wow Wow? Sammy Wow Wow. Um, uh, and I think, yeah, he's probably a guy that could, uh, I don't know if he could make more money outside of the company, but he could probably make as much money outside of the company. And I don't think, I mean, it's it's they're in the same spot they were on SmackDown, but now it's Raw where Vince's paying more attention so as much it's like the little you know the funny ha-has that they would do at the start of their promos it's like on smackdown at least then they would get to go like beat up shane or you know other people aj styles whoever they were facing it's like now they're kind of tackling dummies for for the big muscle men and uh they they cut really good sammy zane's gonna be involved in the worst segment of the year with bobby lashley's sisters next week yep and uh um. Yeah, I don't know. Sami Zayn's going to be a tackling dummy for Bobby Lashley probably at Money in the Bank since I don't think either one of them are in the ladder match. I think uh, Owens did end up getting added to the ladder match, but he you know also did a clean job to Seth Rollins on on TV on Monday and he's done a bunch to Braun and and everybody else. Kevin Owens got a great match out of Braun Strowman a couple weeks ago too. By the way, I just like that that I don't think that guy gets credit where he deserves it for for as as a worker especially when he gets to do when he just bumps his butt off for for a big baby face like that he's real good uh it was probably Braun's best singles match I've ever seen but I also didn't care for those Roman Reigns matches so and the big better than the big show cage match uh best traditional wrestling match I should say okay uh, it was not a crazy wild brawl they didn't use plunder. They didn't have stunts to do. They just had a wrestling match. Right. It was Braun's best wrestling match that I've seen him have. Is a better way to phrase that. But yeah, I don't know. I think they're. I think they just figure. Well, we're in. We're in a prominent position on TV. They're by default. Them and Gender are the top heels on the show, right? So. Yeah. And they're just gonna lose all the time to the big muscle men. It's oh man. Um, one more throw in going back to women. Uh, Tony Storm is rumored to have signed, which I've been begging on this show for her to sign before before her neck gives out. And uh, so, hello. Yeah, you you cut out again for a second. Um, Tony Storm signed, or it it, it is believed that Tony Storm has signed, and we're gonna have to see. 
if she's main roster bound or they just want to do the UK project with her or if she's actually signed, but I would hope that she goes before her neck breaks, but I'm, I'm glad she's going if she's going. Um, yeah, no, I think she's, she's incredibly talented and we saw that in, uh, a bit in the May Young Classic last year. She's got a, you know, she's a, she's a star. She's got that charisma. She's someone I would, she's very much Vincent Mann's type from a look perspective. Um, the accent may hurt her. But yeah, and she's not, yeah, I think she, she's blonde, but she's not necessarily built like a Barbie doll. You know what I mean? True. Um, so yeah, I think she's, she's got all the potential in the world. And they're obviously, as we mentioned, going to throw a lot of money at a UK talent right now. Try to keep them away from ITV. So, uh, yeah, good for her. If she's if she can get signed and and pass physical, then uh, you know, good. I'm uh, I'm glad she'll she'll be in there. Uh, could use a few more good workers, and I would assume she she'll be in NXT for a while first. But uh, could use use more people like that uh, down there. Ugh. I uh, I missed all of WWE TV this week. Uh, before we get out of here, and we have about mm, three minutes left here, is there anything else you want to touch on from WWE TV? Uh, big ass got uh, got his got just beat down by uh, Daniel Bryan on SmackDown this week. It was awesome, and then uh, then then they announced they were going to do Big Cass versus uh, Joe next week for Money in the Bank spot, and Joe cut a promo and just buried that dude. So uh, Big Cass uh, should probably learn to do what he's told. And when you specifically ask to do something on television and they tell you not to and you do it anyway, uh, this is what happens. I think that's I think that's what we learned. Yeah, so that's the rumor this week is that he got he got shot down and went to Vince and Vince shot him down, and then he went on TV and did it anyway. <laughs> when he was beating up a little person uh, on television a week or two ago, and so now he it appears he's being buried. But now there what? must have been something. He can't work. He can't work. Good. Yeah, and that's the other thing, like something else must have happened too, because that happened the week before the pay per view, and they still did the bit with having him lay out Brian after the match. Yeah. Um. So my guess is that is not the whole story, uh, or maybe they really had they already had in their mind that Rusev was going to beat Brian, and they wanted Brian to have an out, and so they had him do the beatdown anyway. Um, but yeah, I just I mean this was such a decisive beatdown from the little guy to the big guy, and it was awesome because Daniel Bryan's great and can make that kind of thing look believable. But uh, yeah, no, he's. He's not very good, and he needs to learn how to cut better promos and learn how to work and uh, also do what you're told. You're very tall. You'll have plenty of chances in this business. You just got to learn to do what you're told. Very tall, full head of hair. Uh, <laughs> we uh, I just want to point out, too, um, I guess the Phoenix Police Department announced that they're not charging uh, Enzo Amore this week. Uh, I would like to point out that does not mean it may mean that he is legally uh, not guilty of anything. It does not mean that nothing happened and it does not mean that he's a good guy and it does not mean that somebody else should rush out and hire him. So your next impact world champion is what you're telling me. 
God only knows. God only well, knows. Well, you know, Del Rio's gone now. They need a new coke fiend idiot. <laughs> to be their world champion. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I got no problem burying Del Rio. I could bury him for 10 minutes, but we are unfortunately out of time on this show. <laughs> we are desperately out of time. All right. Until next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we'll be back very soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Adios. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. Let's make this real creepy. Uh, so you're talking about uh, Tony Storm's Vince's type because, you know, she's blonde or whatever. And I'm thinking about, well, I don't think Alexa Bliss is like, like, I don't know. She's like, she looks too young. I, I not, not into a lot into, uh, you know, I just, I don't look at Alexa Bliss as someone with a lot of sex appeal because she looks like a child. Um, uh-huh. and, and she's not, I don't think, I think that, I don't think she's uh, when they refer to her as the goddess and Corey, <laughs> Corey Graves acts like um, she's like um, Aphrodite walking out of the ring every week. I, I just I just don't get it. And I had the same reaction when I saw that Giada De Laurentiis had thrown out the first picture in Orioles game this week. Uh-huh. And I saw her standing next to the Oriole bird and she's just a she's. She's just a little person. I mean, she's, she's very, she's very tiny. And Giada De Laurentiis has this potential of being like, uh, or this uh, reputation, or did, uh, of being like the hot one on the Food Network. If that's uh-huh. if that's a thing. But like, if you're gonna be, you know, if you're gonna be the hot one, or you're gonna be, you know, the goddess or something, I'm sorry, I can't have you be like five foot nothing and weigh eighty six pounds. That's fair. I, I've always thought that like that nickname would make more sense for Mandy Rose, perhaps, or just throwing a name out there. Yes, just the, <laughs> you know, have happened to come to my mind. But I mean, Graves has a weird name for her too. But you're right. Uh, you're right. I, I get where you're coming from. She, what she says, what you would call petite. Um, yeah, I guess. I think that's the. Uh, 
politically correct term for it. Um, yeah, I always kind of felt that way when people would uh, sexualize uh, Mrs. CM Punk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's whatever. There's nothing technically illegal or bad about <laughs> thinking that way. It's just, I, but I know what you mean. Yeah. There's something, there's something about it. Yeah. Something that something about it doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> That's fair. I try to keep on keeping on. 